Welcome to the Workplace Chameleon. This is Dr. Selena. Hi. Okay, I want to talk about a phrase today I have heard, I think, my entire professional life. It's not my job. When someone says, not my job, usually with that type of tone, what does it mean? Let's dig a little deeper into that as to what might be happening. What is that about? It's often used when an individual is refusing to take responsibility for a task or duty that they believe or want to believe falls outside of their designated roles or responsibilities. Now, there are some issues that may be going on with that person or the work environment that are creating that set of feelings that wrap around, not my job. Because as we've explored in other episodes, workplace behavior is always in context or relationship to the environment around us. I do something, my environment gives me a response that was a good choice, that was not such a good choice. So what might that be? I have a whole lineup of these for you today. So grab a piece of paper and a pen. If you're driving, don't. Save this for later. Still listen. And let's take note of what might be going on, because this is your really your root cause analysis to the next time a team member or somebody who reports to you says, "Mm, not my job. Number one, role clarity. Is this really something I should do? So someone may genuinely think, not my job. Or if it's unclear, they may go, No, that's not mine. That's theirs. So one of the first places we can really hone in on this is this is your set of responsibilities. This is your set of responsibilities. Doesn't care at all because I got a few more to share with you. It is something I see going into teams that when there is confusion and then confusion breeds more stuff that eventually leads to, "Uh uh-uh, not my job. We can start with role clarity. Who is doing what? And that brushing off or hands up, if you could see me like waving my hands around my office this morning, it's this, oh, right? It's this dismissive look. My hands are appearing dismissive at the moment of a lack of ownership. Number two, the person may not feel a sense of ownership or commitment to the task Whatever that task relates to, which ultimately is as big as the overall success of the team or the organization, if they are solely focused on their assigned tasks and not willing to go above and beyond, right, then they're not committed beyond that. It's a lack of ownership. The lack of my name is on this. I'm here on part of a bigger team, we're in this together. No, it's the opposite. It's I don't care, everybody out for themselves. Number three, poor communication. If I'm saying it's not my job, it may suggest a breakdown in communication or clarity regarding who does what. 
The person may not be aware of how their actions contribute, though, to the broader objectives. When you don't do this, this is the impact. Therefore, I need you to do this because. And in other podcasts and even my TEDx talk, people won't cross the gap unless they know why. So if it's the path of least resistance and just easier for me to say, "Uh uh-uh, not my job, there is a gap between where I am and where you want me to be. And one of my favorite phrases when someone says to me, they didn't do it, I say, did they know? Because if they don't know lack of awareness, it's poor communication and poor communication for us as leaders is something we can fix. Number four, low motivation or engagement. Okay, these start getting harder now. A not-my-job attitude could be a sign of low motivation or disengagement with the team or the organization. I just don't want to. All behaviors motivated. The question is by what? And in this case, hmm, motivated to not do this way more than I'm motivated to do it. Engagement is some sort of emotional connection to discretionary effort. Emotional connection to discretionary effort. Motivation is my spark or my drive that I need to do something or want something. But engagement is one step beyond. It's motivation plus. I get the point. I get the reason. There's some sort of connection to invest some effort. And if this person doesn't see the value in taking on additional tasks or contributing beyond their core duties, it's that this is good enough, or the risk is it becomes disengaged or actively disengaged. So what is that about? You can ask, tell me more. Why is it that this is difficult, or this is what you prefer not to do, or why you don't see it as important for the overall success of our team or success of our organization. It just may be that right now something is hard in their life. It may not be this, but it's coming out at that. So now I, as a leader, need to sit down and go, tell me more about that. What is it? Is there something you can tell me? Number five, silos and lack of collaboration. When team members have a narrow view of the rules, it can create what we see as silos, lanes, in an organization, which really means collaboration and cross-functional teamwork is challenging, which really is impacting overall productivity. Not my job, because this is my lane and I don't want to help somebody else in their lane because that's more effort, that's more work. I don't trust them. They don't help us out. What is that? We have to talk more about working sideways in a matrix style, grid style, not the movie, across an organization because at the end of the day, our customers don't care who didn't get it done. They just care we delivered on what we promised. So when team members have that narrow view it limits their ability to positively impact across. So we need to talk about what does collaboration mean here? 
in this team, in our departments, in our organization. It does not mean getting up in everybody else's business, but it does mean being situationally aware that I may need to cross over or identify when is the right time to do that and in what ways can it be most helpful. Number six, fear of overloading. Some individuals may use this phrase to avoid being overloaded with tasks and responsibilities that they believe are not part of their job description. One way to look at that is if somebody says, "Uh uh-uh, my plate is too full, then we've got to talk about what's on your plate. And so this is a preemptive move by someone to say, nope, not my job meaning you are not going to load something else on my to-do list. It's a preemptive move. And then as a coworker, I can say, ah, I can understand. I know you have got a lot of other priorities. Could we talk about where this fits on the priority list based on your projects and my projects or your tasks and my tasks so we can both get through what we need to successfully Lack of flexibility is another R.7 for this, which focuses more about being rigid about what is or is not my job, thus hindering adaptability and responsiveness to really what is probably changing circumstances or team needs. A lack of being flexible, being too rigid. Now, There's a lot of things we could unpack there, but I'm going to just add this in for the point of today. Sometimes lack of flexibility or rigidness comes from a lack of not knowing how to do it. And I don't want to look stupid. So why would I want to help you out with that? Because I'm not really sure how to do it or I'm not sure what the answer is. So it may be protecting my own reputation or my my territory. Lack of flexibility can also be a stress response. So when I am feeling really stressed, it's way easier to go, nope, not my job. And that's coming from a place of, are you kidding me? Because I'm already overloaded and I'm not feeling like I can control what I have. So I'm going to dig in. This is the stubbornness response for lack of flexibility. Number eight, it could be due to some sort of personal conflict, disagreement. It may be a subtle way of expressing dissatisfaction with someone else. I am not going to be helpful to you. Thus, or last time you didn't help me and I'm keeping scores. So you didn't help me. I'm not helping you this time. So instead of talking about the conflict, it now shows up in these other ways. Now, if we're not ready to talk about the conflict or the disagreement, and you're saying it's not my job, or I'm saying it's not my job because I'm not ready to deal with this disagreement, then we've got to figure out how to get that unstuck because the only way we fix it is by working through the conflict or disagreement. So here at the Pyramid Group, we have a team on with us. And on our team, I asked this question to Cindy this morning, who is also here in the office with me at the time of this recording. And she brings to the Pyramid Group 
a lot of experience, both as a direct care provider and supervisor and different types of roles and responsibilities and organizations that were focused on taking care of people. And I asked her this morning, what do you think of when you reflect back on times in your professional life? Somebody has said, not my job. And what I love about Cindy's response is her first comment was, well, then you don't care about the mission or the resident. We could extend that to the customer, to the patient. Is it about a not caring And most people will go, well, it's not that I don't care. Her first response was the connection to the purpose of the work. Why ultimately are we here? And for most of her professional life, that was wrapped around a human, right? A client, a resident, somebody that they were responsible for caring on behalf of. And so when somebody has expressed to us as leaders or as a coworker, it's not my job, you've got a number of reasons here why they might be saying that. So what could you ask in response? Tell me more about that. Why is that your response? Is it because you're not clear it's your responsibility? Is it a lack of ownership? Is it poor communication, low motivation or engagement? silos and lack of collaboration, fear of overloading, lack of flexibility, some sort of conflict. Those are all the ones we just talked about. Or is a lack of why? Because that lack of why in lapse of caring, I just don't care why we're here. Then we've got to figure out what that's about. Addressing the not my job mentality really does require a proactive approach to foster a more positive and collaborative organization. So what is a leader to do? What is a coworker to do? We can start by clarifying and clearly defining roles and responsibilities, understanding that everybody's contributions matter. So talk about it. And we have had a history and been inherently set up for there's different value to different positions. And quite frankly, sometimes we have valued other humans more than other humans. Here's my point to organizational life. We need everybody. So we need to encourage that open communication and willingness to support one another when needed to foster that culture of teamwork and cross-functional collaboration to recognize and reward employees who take that initiative and go beyond their assigned tasks, who don't respond, not my job, provide opportunities for for professional growth, which also then can increase motivation and engagement, which means I am less likely to say that phrase. And of course, we need to continue to address any underlying issues or conflicts within the team that may contribute to a reluctance of taking on additional responsibilities. So by addressing the root causes of not my job mindset, we can foster a stronger, more cohesive team. Helping an employee become more accountable is essential for fostering a productive and responsible work environment. 
So as leaders, let's summarize this. Number one, set clear expectations. Number two, be clear on establishing goals. SMART goals are better. Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-bound goals. So people know. Yet leaders, we can't say, hey, here you go. Good luck with that. We have to do regular check-ins. One-on-one meetings to discuss progress, challenges, and accomplishments while also being an opportunity to provide support and feedback so employees know. Of course, leaders, we want to keep up the feedback and recognition. We want to delegate ownership and responsibility because when people feel a sense of ownership, they are more likely to be accountable for the results. Now, we all mess up on this. I know in my world, sometimes I, I hang on to too much and I give too many opinions and just need to let my team run with it, right? And so that's an important part of that. As a leader, we have to own up to that. And then we need to provide some resources so that employees feel equipped. You know, whether it's a formal leadership role or this is your coworker you're thinking about today, a peer open up that communication and then clearly outline what the consequences or results will be of not meeting expectations as well as rewards for exceeding them. Because the sense of accountability for both positive and negative outcomes is something we can address. When people can make decisions within the areas of their responsibility, they are more likely to feel accountable for those outcomes. They need more say. So we can, even as coworkers, lead by example. What is that behavior you want to see in others around you? We can give support and identify solutions rather than assigning blame. We can check our progress towards goals and adjust as we need to. We can seek development opportunities so that we can learn something new. It's really hard to be cranky when you learn something new. It is always good for us to do some self-assessment. How are we doing and what are those areas we need to look at with our own accountability or lack of accountability? Even in my world, there are things that I get stuck on And I will sit here and go, yep, I'm stuck on that one. Like I am just ignoring that task long enough, hoping it'll go away. And true story, this morning I had one of those and I just had to keep repeating to myself, the only way out is through. The only way out is through, right? I could have said it's somebody else's job, but this was clearly mine. I had committed to it and I was trying to find a way out. The only way out is through, even on the stuff we don't do, which you know, had I done that last week, it would have been way less painful. And I guarantee I would have slept better the last few nights. So my last point for on this, address challenges promptly. If we are struggling with accountability, have that conversation sooner, not later. Because had I really just dug in, committed the time, I would have taken care of it way sooner. And you know what? Much better than I did. Remember that promoting accountability is really an ongoing process that requires effort and each employee is unique. So we have to tailor our approach to our coworkers, 
to the members of our team based on what they need from us. After all, I want us to meet people where they're at, not where we expect them to be. So on behalf of the Workplace Chameleon, ha, learn something new today. Gets rid of the not my job. Smash mental health stigmas. By the way, when we're healthier, we're less likely to say not my job and make good choices. Like when you get stuck, own it. The only way out is through. Until next time, this is Dr. Selena. Selena.